Joe, what do you call a herd of sheep rolling down a hill? What do you call a herd of sheep rolling down a hill? A lamb slide. No. What kind of dog does Dracula have? Hmm. I don't know. A bloodhound. A bloodhound. Hmm. I'm, Hello, glad, every- I'm glad <laughs> we have all these jokes at our disposal. Uh, uh, we haven't disposed I- of the jokes. We just we have them at our disposal, ready to be disposed. They're in a bin. But we, <laughs> we keep pulling them out and using them. I said, hey, that's for the fucking recycling to pick up. Oh, see, I recycle the jokes. Uh-huh. That, that's my, I misunderstood what the recycling bin was. My bad. Joe, the world uh, is still here, surprisingly. Hello, everybody. I'm Jacques. Joe. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. Joe, I, uh, I hate being, uh, I hate being right all the time. And, and I am right all the time. I'm right all the time. Last week, when we got done with our gloom fest, talked about how the next 48 hours to 72 hours completely worried me. Unfortunately, it bared out. And now we are seven days from our last chat. Things aren't much better, Joe. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> Die? Yeah, probably someday. Why? What's bothering? What's on your mind, son? So last week, it was a gloom fest. We talked a lot about the death of George Floyd and the unrest that that had brought. And over the last week, at least the f- like last Saturday, last Sunday, last Monday, Tuesday, things were really, really bad at night with protests turning largely violent. And I mean this. I mean this. Um, it, the, the, the violence was in part 90% escalated by the police or different, different law enforcement apparatuses around, around the entire country. It's not in Boston. It's not in Philadelphia. It's not in Los Angeles. It's not in Houston. It's not in Buffalo, New York. It's absolutely everywhere. And it's been a week of the most horrible footage I can remember in my lifetime when it comes to cops just unmitigatingly beating the fuck out of people coast to coast, white, black, young, really old, and everywhere in between. And I I, I think it has settled down to some degree, but every night I truly am afraid to turn on the TV. It was. It was one day. I think it was either last Sunday or Monday. I made an effort to not watch the TV. I think it was Sunday, and I talked to you, and at one point, at like 7 or 8, you're like, don't turn the TV on, (laughs) which I turned the TV on, and four hours later, my wife and I just sat there in horror as the city of Boston became a war zone. It was a short war, though. I mean, come on. Um, so usually, usually we don't get into the awful right away. But look, notice how I'm not going to say a lot during this podcast. I because I've been silent on this entire issue online and and during this podcast. So well, well you and a number of celebrities have been notably quiet during this time. I I, under, I understand. My silence is deafening, is what I want to admit. I want to acknowledge that my silence is deafening. So I'm going to remain silent, 
but I'm learning. I'm not being silent, though. I am listening. And as a white person, that's all I can do is listen, and then I shall learn and um, probably do the exact same things I've been doing uh, (laughs) as we came into this fucking horse shit. But I feel completely helpless. I know it's going to—this is the hour-long sad fest— I don't know it, why. It, it I, don't, I really it, don't know what we're, what kind of perspective we're bringing to this thing. I know that I'm annoying you by interrupting your thoughts, and that's why I'm doing it because <laughs> it, it, it it brings me so much joy to just see me just trample all over your plans, like 2020 itself. Consider me the 2020 of the Carnival Personnel Podcast. <laughs> I have no intention of bringing up this podcast to any sort of standard that's bearable by any broadcast communication standard um but i'm sorry i just have to let you know that my silence is not because i don't have anything constructive to add or that i'm completely indifferent to your thoughts is that i'm listening and that's the number one thing is like i saw i was going to get this you know in sports but i'll talk about now patrice bergeron a, a lot of different athletes are speaking out the NHL has been speaking out team by team, team captain by team captain. Patrice Bergeron, even as a captain on the ice, he's a complete lead by example guy. He also does not have social media, but on the social media of the Bruins this past week, he wrote a very nice thing saying, as you know, he's always been silent. It's you know, and silence is his privilege, and he can't be silent anymore. And it's time for him to say, um, this is upsetting and it's wrong, but it's also time for him to say, Okay, I've spoken up, but now it's time for me to listen because that's the number one thing we can do is to listen. I use my platform to say, I'm sorry it took me so long to speak out. Here is where I'm donating money to the NAACP in Boston and his hometown outside of Quebec. And I will use my voice to speak up when I can, as I should, because these are wrongs that I can't not be aware of and, and not have a voice on. But the important thing is I'm here to listen. And and it's great that you you know they acknowledge that. It's funny. Um, I was going to say. I've always been a big NWA fan. And when you see different members of NWA and other people this week, like, you know, Ice-T really going at it on social media, and somebody pointed out, dude, that's just PSD. Like, like they are flashing back. I mean, they, they were truly singing about the horrors of law enforcement. And, and it's just bared out. But, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, Joe, it, it as scared as I was last week, it's just as bad, if not worse, this week because we have an anonymous force of military might in the Capitol. And by anonymous, I, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The people who are standing guard outside the White House and at different places around D.C. stripped of all their name tags, what branch of the military they are. They're literally... It's, bring, it's bringing up debate. Are these militias that they just called up or are these actual people? Are they – and it turns out because we live in the day and age that we do with social media and enough people put close-ups of people's faces, 
a bunch of these guys were identified as being from prisons in Texas, guards in prisons in Texas that were called up. Like the Bureau of Prison has sent guards to Washington to stand there with their, you know, penis extenders, um, but taking off their name tags and any markings on the uniforms that would identify what branch. Even people like Elizabeth Warren are like, uh, Mr. President, who the fuck are these people <laughs> and who are they answering to? Well, you know, they can't be secret police if they have their names written all over their uniforms. I mean, wow. We, uh, you know, we live in, I think, what is this, the chapter one of the Hunger Games? I don't know. I've never read the Hunger Games. I don't know. I, I presume this is like a RoboCop prequel. I, 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 I don't know what kind of 80s movie or dystopian 2000s movie we're living in, but... All of them simultaneously. It sure is coming together pretty quickly. Yeah, this is a this is a this is a a very touchy time. There, of course, you know. I mean, going back to having the cops escalate the protests, it's mostly because a they are uh, aggressors with authoritarian authoritarian um, powers. And uh, might, and also, uh, they're there to enforce a curfew, which was imposed due to COVID nineteen. I think, right? Because isn't that sort of like all hand in hand with each other? Where no, no, the curfew, the curfews have been going around because these these rallies escalate at night. But honestly, I mean it. Fuck the police, and I fucking mm-hmm. now literally hate cop unions more than anything you heard you saw the footage of the old man in buffalo and i even think that has my parents saying this is so wrong this is so wrong the worst thing is the worst thing is they pushed a 75 year old guy down to the ground hard the then they walked right past him those two officers instantly got suspended because Cuomo, Governor Cuomo of the state of New York, called the mayor of Buffalo and said, yeah, what the fuck is this? And instantly those guys were suspended and the 75 other cops on that unit instantly resigned from that union and protest because of the unfair treatment of the 75 of the, the two officers who pushed the guy. And at first, even the police department have since apologized. They tried to say the guy tripped and maybe... Maybe, you know, that had some credence if it wasn't on tape from like three different angles where they not only clearly pushed him to the ground, but as his head smacked off the pavement and the cop who pushed him stops to kind of kneel down or kind of check him out, gets shoved from behind from another cop to keep going. Broad daylight, no curfew, and just but, – and the but the thing with the escalation – I mean, there's time and time, and we we can go footage by footage, where even in the broad daylight, where there is no Molly Toff cocktails, and there is no, you know, thing projectiles being thrown, where cops either on their, you know, their mountain bikes in unison, you know, attack crowds. And in New York, what the pieces of shit did is they literally marched people down a one-way street into an alley held them there 
and then an hour later when curfew came, beat the shit out of them and dragged them off. Like, they couldn't disperse. They they systematically marched them into a dead end, waited there, and then as soon as uh, it turned 8 o'clock, and then literally beating the fuck out of, like, uh, you know, essential workers and restaurant people and delivery people are considered essential workers that the curfew is not supposed to apply to. Look, we even have a close personal friend who had her bike taken away from her as she was walking to her apartment to get home before curfew. The cop stopped her and her friend and literally confiscated her bike and they blocked off to get to her apartment. They tried to go around and then they're like, just honestly, just took her bike, just literally, you know, stole, stole her bike. And this is a person who isn't a big you know, threat to anybody. She might be like 95 pounds soaking wet. And, and, and again, like whether it's LA and the escalation and then there's, you know, I I was going to, you know, I'm all over the map, but white pieces of shit are infiltrating these protests. And this isn't, this isn't conspiracy theory. I saw it firsthand, Joe. I was there and saw it firsthand. Um, I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit that what I was going to talk about after our podcast that we recorded last Saturday, my wife and I were going to go to the protest Sunday night in Boston. Our boys really wanted to go and we didn't think the, the nighttime was the right time. So there was a couple protests around Boston Sunday afternoon. There was one at government center at three o'clock and we said, okay, you know what? We'll go down there, but we had a plan, and we talked to the boys beforehand about our boys, for anybody who doesn't know, are 10 and 12, that these situations get out of hand. We're going to have a plan going in. We parked a couple blocks away. We're like, if anything starts to escalate, if anything seems aloft, we're out of Dodge. And you don't, you don't let go of me. You know what I mean? Like, like you literally put your hand in my belt loop, you know, around my belt and we are going to get out of there. We also brought our masks with our signs and told them, look, we're going to social distance as much as possible. But we also told the boys and we showed them a bunch of footage, a bunch of different clips, you know, these two. 20 something white women and you know the person who I saw on Twitter said who the fuck are these ninjas coming in our neighborhood doing this shit you know two middle you know mid 20s white women um with all dressed in black black hoods over their head you know with sunglasses writing black lives matter forever and, and you know black lives unite on a Starbucks and spray paint as two black women are screaming at them to stop it's like, you don't live here. This is our neighborhood. Don't do this. And one of the women's like, oh, we're here to help you. And, and then one of the black women is like, you're not helping. They're going to blame us for this. This is our neighborhood. Please stop doing that. Please leave. And all kinds of other, you know, uh, piles of bricks are magically appearing where protests are scheduled to, to begin. And you've seen footage where literally people who look a lot like me and you, Joe, just honestly showing up giving rioters, you know, things to throw that they didn't come there with. So in Boston, we took our sons. We we found a good parking spot about two blocks away from the thing. We got there around two for three o'clock, scoped out the whole area at about three, at about 
10 minutes to three, we walked on over. It was a good-sized crowd. There was maybe 1,000, 1,200 people down towards you know where the main speakers were speaking. It got a little congested, so we stood kind of back a little bit. Uh, we thought we were at the back, but about like 10 minutes later, I turned around like, oh, we're kind of in the middle because it filled out. And we were there for about 15, 20 minutes. It was only, there wasn't a big, there wasn't a big police presence. There were like three, four, four or five cops standing off to the side, a transit cop, uh, a police helicopter was kind of hovering around, but not so much where it was distractive to the people talking. And then a white guy, I'm going to say 30 years old, 5'5", five, five, but really built one of those little Napoleon, you know, I'm going to be 5'5", five, five, but I'm going to be jacked, came there and started fake proselytizing, trying to get shit started. Um, he had a megaphone that was louder than the people who were there to speak that we were there to listen to. And he starts in with the... Uh, it doesn't matter why you're so upset that they killed him. They didn't kill his soul. The cops can't kill your soul. Don't worry if the cops kill you. It's no big deal. As long as you accept Jesus, you're fine. This doesn't matter. Doesn't anybody want to talk about Jesus? Why? And he's like walking around, like getting right in people's faces. I walked over to the cops. I'm like, you know what he's doing. You're just standing here and you're going to let him agitate like that. You're waiting for something to happen, aren't you? Cops don't say a goddamn thing to me. Um, this guy would try to walk through the crowd and he would bump into somebody and he would start screaming like they're assaulting me. That's assault. That's assault. And then he would keep like, you know, walk like a hundred yards away to another part on and on. I was kind of circling with somebody else and we're trying to say, dude, just don't do this. Just, or at least wear a mask. And then I got a chant going of, uh, Jesus wants you to wear a mask. Jesus wants mm -hmm. you to wear a mask. Cause he didn't have one. The news shows up and they're focusing on the speakers. But then when the guy would start, they turn their cameras around and we did like one boy stood in front of one camera and one in front of the other, just holding up their signs. And I know who to talk to. I'm talking to the producer. I'm like, dude, don't let him hijack this. He's an agitator. You got the footage of him being an agitator. Great. Now turn around and focus on this. There's over a thousand people here. It's, it's family friendly. I mean, there weren't a lot of families, but we weren't the only people who brought the kids. Um, but, but we had talked about it with the boys that, yeah, the president is blaming Antifa, which again, for those who don't know, stands for anti-fascist. Seems like the only people who don't like anti-fascist are, um, uh, oh, oh, ah, uh, Joe, help me out. What are the people who don't like anti-fascist? Whoa. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Are, 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 are the fascists. Oh, so you have, that's right. You, you have Barr, you have Attorney General Barr out there blaming the extreme left when there's footage. The worst thing this week, Joe, wasn't the guy in Buffalo, wasn't the, I don't want to call them bike cops, like you know, the mountain bike cops in Philadelphia, wasn't the cops on Fairfax in L.A., wasn't the cops in Boston. The two worst things that I saw on footage this week is, is, is a cop who is on camera he knows he's on camera and a lot of people are like oh i can't believe he's on camera and he got caught doing this and i put on twitter and a lot of people 100 plus people liked it and forwarded it. it's like 
He knows he's on camera. He wants this to be out there. He goes over and he talks to a group of proud boys. Proud boys who you don't know it are generally 30 something fat fucks with are you know with AK forty sevens? It's a white supremacist group. They're anti anti fascists, just so you and, know. And the cop, the cop is like six five, built, and he goes over and he's talking to them, and he's not whispering. He says, "Hey, my commander asked me to come over and talk to you guys discreetly. It's time for you guys to go in your buildings or go into these buildings or shelter in your cars because we're about to gas the crowd." And he wants me to give you a heads up. Joe, look at my timeline. And like I said, about 100 people have liked it and forwarded it. Because all I said is like when somebody when somebody posted, it's like I can't believe they have him on film saying this. I'm like he wants it on film. This is the, the, the biggest white supremacist group in this country is the cops. And they are out there saying from one white supremacist group to another white supremacist group. We got your backs. Flat out, my commander asked me to come over here and discreetly tell you guys to get into the buildings or go shelter in your car. We're about to gas the crowd. And literally, that is the thing that upset me most. Like The guy in Buffalo getting pushed was awful. But the 57 people, cops, resigning from that unit because the two cops got suspended is a lot worse. The, this guy coming over here saying that. You know, the worst of the worst is you're gassing in broad daylight with no warning the people, you know, protesting outside the White House. They they were there lawfully. It's their First Amendment right. It was before curfew. There was no warning. And even up until yesterday, the government was denying that they gassed it, even though news footage was there. So the president, Bunker Boy, who was embarrassed that he got caught Oh wait, hold on, Joe. I I'm gonna be right back. It's 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 nothing. Everything's okay. I'm just going to go inspect my bunker right now. It's it's not that I'm worried about I heard a siren go by outside. It's not that I'm worried about that. I'm just going to spontaneously, coincidentally, go check out my bunker. I'm not hide don't fuck you for well, how can you even say I'm hiding in my bunker, Joe, you bastard? It's just a coincidence. Uh, but he was embarrassed that bunker boy, you know was down there that the next day he had to have a show of force. So, and it's still not clear who, you know, ordered the code red, but somebody ordered the code red. They gassed the crowd. Code red just, hat. Just, just so the fat fuck could walk a block to take a PR photo in front of a church and use God as, like, honestly, we 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 are we are in North Korea, and he is playing up. Oh, I'm ordained to be president, like flat out playing the Kim Jong Un. And his father, his father had some story about almost like a virgin birth, but not quite. Anyways, he literally did that. You know, didn't check with the church. One of the one of the pastors from the church was one of the people gassed. So you've seen that footage. But the cop telling the the proud boy to go shelter, and the footage of the cops going last week, they were arresting the media doing their job, which they're not supposed to. This week, you saw the footage, or maybe you didn't see the footage. And I wish I didn't see all that I've seen because you can't unsee it. The footage of them beating the fuck out of the. The, the press and there was one news crew from Australia live on TV and they were on the sides and as the cops come one of the one cop with a shield just starts beating the 
fuck out of the camera guy. Just literally live on TV in Australia. They're like just around the world, just absolutely aghast as we are going out of the way to single out the media you know, from coast to coast. I mean, there's nothing about what's going on that we weren't talking about last week that has come to fruition. And the war in the media has gone from a war of rhetoric to an actual war. Um, but let's look at the positive side. The president has promised us a wall, Joe, and he finally has his wall. What do you mean? Uh, the extra fence around the White House. <laughs> so, he, he had the materials laying around. He, you know, he got to put that to good use. He can't return it. Uh, Throw out well, the receipt. I, I'm looking at I'm looking at a press release from One News America. Apparently, uh, Mexico paid for that extra wall. Oh, um, that was nice but, of them. Y- y- you know, it's it's. And every time you see you see a graphic, uh, the good folks at Fox News had a fun graphic yesterday tracking how the stock market has done better, you know, right after a black protest over the last 50 years. Like what the what the stock market did the day after JFK got shot. No, what the stock, not JFK. I'm sorry, JFK, Martin Luther King, what they did after the day. MLK got shot, what the stock market did the day after Rodney the King Rodney riots. King riots. There was a, I forget what the other tragedy they had. They're like, literally. They were all like black related events. They were all like, you know, black, be, you know, black groups, either, either black leaders getting assassinated or some sort of race riot. And the stock market, it goes up a tick, just goes up a little tick, you know, 3%, you know, nothing, nothing big, nothing huge, but you know, a win's a win. And, you know, I, I'm not the world's biggest conspiracy theorist, but I'm up there. Part of me thinks that they want to keep these riots going. And I mean this. Um, Fun fact, covert has not gone away. The state of Arizona, I'm sorry, the state of Arizona, the governor hasn't said anything. The head of the medical system in Arizona has not said anything. But the spokesperson for the largest hospital conglomerate in Arizona has come out yesterday and said or had come out Saturday and said, we are nearing 100% capacity, but it's a red state, so they're not going to go out. Here's my conspiracy theorist, or maybe this is actually happening. Maybe this is one of the reasons they keep agitating the crowds and wanting the crowds to come back day after day. Covert is hitting the black population at a, a death rate of three times whites um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, a poor... Uh, living conditions, you know, lack of medical, like, you know, health insurance and stuff like that. But the death rate in black community is three times out of the white. Is this one of their things where they're these sick fucks? They are sick and fucks enough to say, yeah, you know what? Let them keep getting together to have these riots. Let them keep getting together every day and protest for six, eight hours and find things. You know, this is a, this is a problem that will take care of itself. You know, what we don't do with the tear gas and the rubber bullets or the martial law, which, you know, Trump this week threatened, you know, across the nation that he was going to send in the military and, in fact, did bring the military to Washington, D.C. And fuck, you know, oh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, like the Joint Chiefs of Staff who said, oh, I didn't know where we were going. Oh, so like a lapdog you followed the president to that publicity stunt across the street. 
you know, the decorum that now lo- no longer exists with the current president shitting on past presidents and past presidents, rightfully so, speaking up. Well, one past president speaking up um, and, and breaking all those norms and traditions about not doing that. You don't have, you know, X. Secretaries of State or ex um, Joint Chiefs of Staff and five star generals who are part of this administration now openly, actively talking like this is not America, this is not what our military is for, and this is wrong. And it's not one, it's two. And even the guy who's head of it now kind of being embarrassed that he was used the way he was at that publicity stunt, even he's starting to say, well, hey, people in the military, you don't always have to follow orders if you know they're unlawful orders, which is why I think they're going to states like Texas and saying, hey, white prison guard in Texas, you want you, you want a chance to beat the fuck out of a black guy? We're going to relocate you for the time being to Washington, D.C. Have at it, pal. Oh, 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 over. <laughs> You want to talk about the good stuff? I'm just listening, man. I'm here to listen. Um, I, I've been one of those people forever saying that D.C. should be a state. We've talked about it. There were, If D.C. became a state tomorrow, there'd be five states with less population in it. And, and let's have two senators from the state of Washington, D.C. The mayor of Washington, D.C., and maybe he's late to the dance, but at least he got there this week, um, had... Black Lives Matter and big yellow 50-foot letters painted on the road that leads to the White House. I'm, I'm quite sure you've seen that. Yep. It's not Photoshop. That actually happened. And then they renamed Lafayette Park. Uh, did they rename it like Black Lives Matter Plaza? Maybe. So so anyway, so that, you know, so it, it's great that, you know, some people are trying to get hold of it and you know what what I, I do i want your honest opinion about curfews oh that the one last thing i want to say next to the awful cop telling the proud boys to go inside i don't remember what city it was but when were you watching the looting in boston going on yeah last sunday night okay did you notice that at least half of the half of the looters looked like you and your wife not not specifically you and your wife but i mean there was a lot of Awful lot of honkies going in and out of the stores. It wasn't just, you know, black guys, you know, busting the store windows and going in. And on one of the live news broadcasts, it might have been from New York. Here's a woman, middle-aged, let's say mid-40s, walking out of a store with her arms just draped with shirts. And the news person flat out says, you know, oh, these looters, this is out of hand. This is so sad. And then as the footage shows, this woman instantly says, well, I'm hoping that maybe she's a store employee just trying to rescue some of their merchandise. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, oh, my fucking God. Like even, you know, and and it, and, it didn't compute in that reporter's mind that like, it was just like instantly. Right. Right. Well, not all looters. You know, it, it, it's you know, looters is a pretty harsh term. <laughs> No, Inst- I, instantly. Yeah. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm going to assume she works at the store. Yeah. Well, yeah. In Boston, I, I on Boston's Sunday night rioting slash looting around Boston Common, I saw mostly young people, mostly young people. You know, 
so uh, I didn't no, I didn't notice any um, any Karens out there. You know, it was past bedtime. So uh, one thing I did notice is that I think the next day there were protests in Brockton and the Channel 5 and local Channel 5 reporters were kind of the field reporter couldn't find the right word for the protesters so he kept calling them like the looters or the rioters or whatever you want to call them so you know I tweeted at WCBB I was like you know um, just remind your field reporters that they're protesters because there's a big difference between protesters and looters and and again but state after state, city after city, these curfews are imposed, you know, and you see the cops just, oh, it's eight o'clock. You're on the street. We get to beat the fuck out of you. No, not like, you know, it's time to disperse. Like we are going to beat the fuck out of you now. And and again, like we were we were watching. It was sad because like we're watching the looting in Boston and it's it's places that my wife used to hang out and she's like sad. And then she pointed out and she rewound. There was there was one store, I forget what store, like like by the old Filene's basement. And and there were. We we stopped, we rewound. Yeah, there's about ten people going in. Six were white, four or five were black. And you know, I like when people can be funny in these times and somebody wrote the headline. This is how Fox News were reported. Black rioters steal skateboard from poor white kid. Mm-hmm. And it was a white kid smashing store window with his skateboards and two black guys go over. One of them grabs a kid. One grabs a skateboard out of him and the guy pushes him to get away. It's like, you know, there. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of this shit, people don't want First of all, black people aren't burning down churches in their old neighborhood. They're not doing that. I will emphatically say some things have got out of hand, but I'm pretty sure that people aren't burning down their own places of worship. But, you know, what what you see, again, you, you, you know, and it barely makes the news because there's so fucking much making the news. They caught a cell of three extremists, I believe it was in Arizona, Three extremists getting ready to, you know, go blow shit up like, you know, munitions and all this stuff. It made the news cycle for about like 10 or 15 minutes. But they have, they, you know, again, because of facial recognition, because of Twitter, you know, I'm a little surprised that Twitter took almost five days to find the piece of shit um, who assaulted the, the young girl on the bike path and, and uh, Bethesda, Maryland. You saw, um, you saw that guy. What? She, you know, but but literally, yeah. and everyone's like, and and I love when people like, and Twitter community and three, two, you know, and it's like, well, it, to be fair, they are they accidentally doxed the wrong guy initially. There were there, there's there. Yes, it's good that Twitter, that the the hive community, the hive mind of Twitter can rightfully document. And identify these perpetrators and help the police. But a lot of times, they're publicly outing the wrong person. Like, hey, it's that cop. It's like, no, 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 no. That was the, not, no, he's a, he is a white guy, yes. And I know that all white guys look alike to a lot of you. But it's not, you got to be careful. And with the, because, you know, and but I don't know. I, I, hey, Whitey I'm, has it coming. Whitey does Whitey. have it coming. I don't care. Keep talking. I'm. I'm. I can't talk. I can't give. Okay. My, I have no opinions. So with, with, with with all the awfulness, Joe. With all the awfulness, with the publicity stunt by by, you know, Twitterlini. Um, 
with the gassing the crowd and saying you didn't do it with all this, one piece of shit just kind of kind of stepped it up above 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 all else this week. And, and I think that's got to go to Senator Rand Paul, who is the one person holding up anti-lynching legislation. I mean, the one person holding it up is that piece of racist shit and the extreme length that they'll go to not have anti lynching and and they wanted to do it on the day of George Floyd symbolically on George Floyd's memorial services and I commend Kamala Harris and Cory Booker for not going over and beating the living fuck out of Rand Paul and had they I would really want you know Ed Markey and uh, Elizabeth Warren, our state senators, to have done the right thing and make sure that nobody stopped them, <laughs> for them to stand and, and 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 hold Lindsey Graham back as they literally beat the living fuck out of him. That that would have been that would have made almost all this upheaval worth it. I I just can't believe that that's that's as as. The nation is on fire, and there's a chance to send a symbolic gesture that the right still goes out of their way from it happening. And again, you know, POTUS this week, every chance he gets to be a piece of shit. The economy had one good day on Friday. We talked about it, Fox bragging how, hey, when the black stuff goes south, you know, uh, you know, metaphorically – that you know the well, you know why the stock market takes a bump a bit, but you know Trump goes out there bragging about the one day in the stock market and it's going to go up and all this stuff, and George Floyd is looking down. This is a great day for George Floyd, uh, as he's in the same breath is saying that he's going to you know up the ante on beating people in the street, you know who are out there protesting George Floyd, you know getting killed. Um, I would like not only that anti-lynching uh, legislation to go into effect, I wish there was a an amendment that says if you dox the right people – I, I want to make it clear. If you will dox the right people, we don't want to send any innocent people to jail. Uh, we don't want to send any innocent people to the, to the – to their death sentence. But let's start doxing the people doing the George Floyd challenge. And um, lynch them. I, I, I'm going to say it. I'm I'm okay for lynching the people out there who think doing the George Floyd challenge. I, I saw a grandmother doing it with her grandson at one thing. Um, a couple guys in England actually got arrested because it's considered a hate crime, and those fucks got arrested. But every time I think, oh my god, as a race, as a society, we are all collectively pieces of shit. And there's no hope. Then you see something like that and you think, oh, we're, we're a lot worse than I thought. We are. Oh, 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 oh. I'm not but, saying a whole lot during this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, the, 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 the bright sides, Joe, is we are now at day 11 of these protests as we're recording this. And it's not losing steam. As much as the police are out there beating people, as much as they're threatening and actively using the military, people are still taking to the streets. Um, 
We will probably go to another rally ourselves as a family tomorrow. Uh, you know, and it's good and it's bad. I mean, I have a 12-year-old who is a veteran who, you know, started going to these rallies. You know, when when all these big rallies started about three and a half years ago, I don't remember exactly what set it off about three and a half years ago, but he's been to women's marches. We went to the rally in support of the Parkland um, kids in Boston. We went to the rally when the Nazis came to town. The Nazis, the legitimate Nazis. 2019, we had to go march against the Nazis. And, and now this. And I'm glad that they're active. I'm glad that we sit down and talk to them. And I feel good about that we don't drag them to these things that both of them wanted to go, you know, last week. I'm glad that we all have CNN and it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but I think, and hopefully the statute of limitation doesn't run out. Things go well in November and we can circle back and, and, and get these fuckers who are getting away with this shit right now. Um, let's clean house with the military. I mean, and the whole, the whole thing. And again, we joke a lot about Nazis. We mentioned a lot, but the whole Nuremberg things of, I was just following orders. It doesn't stand, you know, the military pledged allegiance to the constitution, not to whoever the president is. And they also have in their charters that, yeah, if you get an unlawful order, don't follow it. You know, if you get an unlawful order that you know violates your oath to the Constitution, you don't have to follow that. Um, so, so you know, I'm glad that the, the protests are continuing. I'm glad we all have a, you know, MSNBC, like, you know, news team in our pocket that we can videotape and get this stuff out there. I'm also happy that they are incredibly late to the dance, but... And I want you to weigh in on this. Roger Goodell's statement yesterday. I'm I'm sure you saw it. Oh, please tell the people. I don't think I don't think anybody who's listening no, to this no, podcast I, has, I, heard, has I, seen I, it. I want I want your your thoughts on but what, it. What on my thoughts on what? What did Roger Goodell say? <laughs> you <laughs> I'm gonna reach across this table and punch you in the face and therefore break my laptop so I won't do that. But uh I want any human contact get I can such get. A pitch. <laughs> Uh, are you referring to the statement in which Roger Goodell from the NFL said that they apologize for ignoring the pleas of the black community, including the black players, the black staff, uh, the black uh, uniforms, I'm sure, <laughs> anything that was black associated with the NFL Roger Goodell, on behalf of the other slave owner, uh, owners, have uh, they sincerely apologized and they're willing to take steps to listen and to do everything. And I think they, I especially liked when Roger Goodell specifically apologized to the one black player who brought this to their attention in the first place. I liked how he called him out by name. And he said, oh, I, I, you, you must have saw the uh, you must have saw the deleted scenes version. I did not see oh. him uh, um, um, call out to Kaepernick. He can't, you know, I mean, I mean, look, because Massa it, cannot apologize to all the slave. 
It's a basically it's a blanket statement. Like, look, uh, air, all all the the blacks. It's it, all blacks matter. Not just we're not singling out one particular black person. I mean, all blacks, we apologize to. You know, it's a blanket statement. We start apologizing. Look, if they start apologizing to one black person, then they're gonna have to start apologizing to every black person individually, and that takes time. Because they fucked over a lot of them. Yes. So you know. So, but seriously, I will I will give credit where credit's due. It wasn't a release statement. He did it on tape. He he at least put it out. And I mean that. I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. It wasn't a statement from Roger Goodell that could have been written by a PR team that could have been sent out. He said it. He did he did he go far enough? Same thing. The mayor of DC, I'm glad the steps that they took this week saying get your troops off of my street painting Black Lives Matter, you know, um, changing the name of Boulevard. But he hasn't, you know, had a spotless record with that. But it, it for Goodell, who was under such heat from advertisers, from team owners, from the president, to, to get those sons of bitches off the field, to fire them, to go from that to saying, we have to listen, we were wrong. For them to acknowledge that. Now, they, there's non-disclosures. They settled with, with Kaepernick and his collusion deal. Um, his playing career and all that stuff, we've talked about that at a nauseam. Um, he's not coming back, but it would have been nice for him to say, you know, Kaepernick. But, uh, but man, what a, what a week Drew Brees has had. <laughs> What a ride it's been. Yep, Drew Brees. He uh, said he wouldn't stand for us disrespecting the flag or anybody disrespecting the flag and completely missing the point. Um, he did mention that he did have grandfathers that served in World War II. I think he was one of two people who had grandfathers <laughs> who served in World War II. <laughs> so he ma- it makes him v- very special. You know, he, he, he's an authority on World War II grandfathers. You know, I mean, it, it, Kaepernick has said, Kaepernick started the whole protest. Well, when Kaepernick started his protest, he was sitting down for the national anthem. And he actually got shit for it. And he ended up meeting with an ex-Special Forces general or like lieutenant, like somebody high up ranking for 20 years. And they told him, it's like, this is this is the proper way to to take a knee to do that like he consulted like you need to listen more i need to listen more everybody who doesn't look like our friend aj price needs to listen a fuck a lot more than we're talking says the guy in a podcast who hasn't shut up in the last hour um i won't let you but 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 seriously kellen kaepernick he had look he had some missteps with his protest he he when he was first asked about it he didn't have a polished pr statement it changed a little bit it kind of got a little uh, convoluted he, you know his wearing socks that said you know dead pegs with a cop face on it maybe not the best um but at the same time he did take time to say oh there is a better way to silently protest. And of course, this has all come about because over the last week, you see every talking head saying, well, I respect their right to protest, but out there like this and the shouting and the looting and the this, it's like, why can't they, why can't they? And, and so many people, 
So many whiteies posting pictures of Martin Luther King arm in arm, like in a nice suit saying, you know, quietly like marching. It's like, why can't they protest like, you know, Martin Luther King? It's like, you mean the guy they shot? Yeah, <laughs> right. Why can't they protest quietly and then eventually get assassinated? Why can't they? You know, I like when the blacks walk in the streets and then get shot and die. I like, you know, they get their message out and then poof, they're gone. I like and- that. That's... that's- <laughs> What are you talking about? Seriously, it's like, okay, can we wind the clock back for like, you know, to last football season when you, you people lost, and I say you people looking right at you, Joe, because Whitey lost their collective shizzle when a couple black guys said, hey, you know what? Yeah, we're kind of tired of this. And and look, we can go down the name of people, you know, like, like school shootings. You don't have to wait that long till the next one and you know one might be more awful than the next at the end of the day it's another dead black person for being black and and so when they were taking a knee literally the uproar from everybody for them silently protesting for them having a first amendment right so and there's some people that i lost respect for who said you know, one per, one prominent, very wealthy white business owner who was saying, well, you have your First Amendment rights, but at our company, if you wore a T-shirt that was inappropriate, we would fire you or send you home. So you, they're employees at a workspace environment, and you have to know that your constitutional rights may not extend to, you know, that. And I was like, oh, okay, well, block you on my contact list. So, um Anyways, that's uh, that's it. But there is some some good stuff that the NFL has come out. You know, Drew Brees, as we talked, Drew Brees is on a team. Uh, is everybody on his team white? I forget. Is everybody was is there is, is New Orleans Saints? That's a predominantly white NFL team. I don't think there are any predominantly white. Oh wait, the New England Patriots. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. No, no, just the receivers over the last ten years. No, but uh, but no, they, they'd be same thing. He's on a team with 80% black guys. Uh, New Orleans, though, that's a predominantly white city, right? That's 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 pretty cool for him to be all about uh, not supporting it. And that's the thing. It's like as soon as he said that, it's like okay, like with Twitter doxing that guy on the bike. It's like and okay. three, two, one. And and of course, a couple of his teammates came right out. And then, of course, and and he's a year away from retiring. Maybe he's two or three years away. Maybe him and Brady play three or four more years, and great for them. But sooner or later, he was headed towards broadcasting. I mean, it was, you know, he was one of the people that he was going to be a Tony Romo. There'd be a bidding war the day he retires. He's likable. He's he's you know well spoken. He's done a lot of charitable things. You know, good born again Christian guy. He was going to be a, a, a color commentator, you know, and I guess he is a color commentator at this point, isn't he? <laughs> well played. Well, hey, so, but he did apologize on Instagram. He did apologize, and he's learning and listening. And I don't know, I guess there'll be, uh, whenever football is reinstated, I'm sure there will be some sort of um, forgiveness from, uh, I don't know. I, as long as he's as long as he makes steps in the right direction, I guess that's okay. I mean, he's not. It's not like this guy wasn't a piece of shit all throughout his career. You know, he wasn't like the Ty Cobb of like of right <laughs> of football. So I guess if he's doing a mea culpa, you know, he he was mis- he's misguided. He's he's a misguided 
white guy. You know, he's a patriotic dude. He's a Christian guy. He's white. And he's like, look, uh, he saw these uh, protests. He probably, you know, drank the Kool-Aid. Like, yeah, these protests are disrespectful to the flag, and I don't like that. It's like, no, 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 no. That's the Fox News version of the protest. You're, you're, you're getting your information from the wrong source there, Fabrizi. You got to go... <laughs> Uh, look at the, the, you know. Listen to your listen to your uh, your teammates. Listen to the others. As I had said this week on the Twitter, um, I stand behind Drew Brees' right to say it. I stand behind his First Amendment right to express himself. I also stand behind the right to the offensive lineman to miss some um, blocks when linebackers want to come and crush him into the little ball of like you know, Christian misinformation that he is and uh, end his career on a very Joe Theismann snapped femur note. (laughs) Like you, you have a right, you have a right to go to one of these protests and start using the N word all you want, Joe. Uh, Hmm? You know, what are you talking about? What? I I zoned out for a second and all of a sudden I'm saying the N word and what's happening? I'm saying, I shouldn't say you, people have the right to say that word. They also have the right to be uh, beaten to a fucking pulp. Well, who, and, and I'm, who, and I'm who, cool with that. But, but, uh, who, who? Oh, well, well, Drew Brees. I would say Drew Brees has a right to say what he did. He has a First Amendment right to express his feelings about that. And I said the linemen also have their right to miss some blocks <laughs> when linebackers want to come and crush his soul and uh, end his career that, in a very Joe Theismann That way. sounds like a very reasonable and in no way uh, disproportionate response to what Drew Brees did. You know, oh, my bad, Drew. Sorry. As they're wheeling him away. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, guy, for saying the wrong thing. Oops. No, but it's but the thing is, take take it down a notch. Take it down a notch. The guy fucked up, and he he, and the guy fucked up, and he's not fucking. He like you're. No, no. I'm just I'm just saying that's what I tweeted out that he has a first (laughs) amendment right to say that, but the guys have a a, a right to miss a block now and then. It happened. And it. I know. Stuff falls off a truck. Mm -hmm. Like Patriots banners fall off trucks (laughs) on highways sometimes. Things just you know. All right. uh, Nice football team you got here. It'd be a shame if something happened to your quarterback. Um, but sports, uh, you know, we, 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 now that we're on sports a little bit, I talked about it. Um, Biff keeps pointing out that the New York Rangers are the one team that haven't issued a statement yet, which is very peculiar. But I am. I'm glad that a lot of NHL teams and players have come forward. Like, you know, the captain in Minnesota, the epicenter of all this, and a very white sport and a very white you know, or it's not a very white town, but it's a, you know, for him to come out and and be as strong as they were for the NHL to, but all that said, Joe, um, with COVID, you know, uh, not, I don't want to say spiking yet, but it seems like the cases are going up. Looks like the NBA is going to try to finish their season. And I have it on good authority that single A baseball is going to start playing in Worcester this week. Ooh. You know, which I talked to. I don't want to mention too much things. I already, you know, gave it away. But, uh, but yeah, I think there's going to be a now. But by the time the podcast drops, the announcement will be out there. Um, and you know, I ended up like you know talking to Nesson this week, saying, "Hey, 
Red Sox aren't coming back. What do you guys think about covering this single? Like, I can't imagine low single A, like collegiate single A baseball. Um, but, you know, I will be talking to Nesson again this week about possibly, you know, you know, cover covering that. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I did jump over in sports. It's my birthday this week, Joe. Oh, but, happy birthday, Jacques. Uh, and, Is and it Dan, a happy one? And Dan's birthday was last week. We had that great Zoom call. But um, – do I have to count this year? Like, like, can I just be, do I have to turn 51 this Wednesday or, or does it just carry over to the next year? Can, can we, can, can we get a do over with 2020? No, well, you don't have to count it this year, but you do have to count two birthdays next year. I take that. I, I, you know, can I have two parties? I'm not at a, I'm not having any, well, can't have any kind of party. You know, my, my mom will probably drive by with the president and my sister and stuff like that. Sounds like you're and, having a pity party over there. You know, you know what? Yes, because 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 you know, as I sit in my nice house in my nice town, and you know, just can't believe you know, you know how hard it is to be a middle aged, college educated white guy these days, Joe. It's the system's so stacked and rigged against me. It is. And three, two. Uh, I haven't heard uh, you know much about the NHL coming back, but you know, I mean. I don't really care. Like I was saying before the podcast, when you and I were joking, it's like, remember the good old days when we gave a shit about Antonio Brown drama and the president trying to buy Greenland? Oh, oh, those were the good old days when when that shit even mattered. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, I will uh, I will say um, I've been three weeks without glasses, but I did go and get an eye exam this week. And so maybe next week I'll be able to talk about Resident Evil 3 if I get glasses, which I haven't got yet. But I haven't played any games. But maybe you have. What have you played, Joe? I uh, finished the story mode of Grand Theft Auto 5 for PS4, so that's good. How many hookers have you picked up? I don't I want to say anything about such things. But, you know, I... Uh, Let's just say it was more than one. <laughs> it was fine. It's a fun game. I don't know. I'm a yeah. You know, I this look this this whole week. I have to go to Grand Theft Auto Five to escape the real violence in which I have no control. At least in Grand Theft Auto Five, I ha I know which. And you know, a uh, little little sidebar here. Uh, part of the game is shooting up cops <laughs> so not that i advocate anything like that in real life uh but you know if they by the way it's a it's kind of a two-way street in this game because if you so much as you know steal a snickers bar out of a store you're gonna get the cops called on you and regardless of what race or ethnicity you are as a character the cops are gonna come and they're gonna not ask you to uh put your hands on your head and gently handcuff you and put you into a squad car they're gonna fire upon you they're gonna shoot you there's only the only way to get you know out of a situation with the cops is either run from them or to go down in a hail of bullets so you know what hey, wait wait you're talking the game okay I'm right right exactly we don't know which reality what's fantasy nowadays but no i'm talking about the game so did you, did you tweet me or did you text me this week saying that yes and I remember I showed it to management, and we were both like, that's hysterically funny. Oh, I wish it wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> You're playing Grand Theft Auto to get away from the violence and the misery of the real world. Yeah. At least I can steal, like, cool cars and, you know, fly biplanes and helicopters and blimps and stuff, and it's pretty pretty neato. I don't know. It's a, it's a fun little diversion. God bless you. Uh, what will you do? What will you do next? Wouldn't you like to know, Batman? 
will you 100% it or will you mm, move on? 100% it. That's a, this is a huge game. Huge game. I think I've 13%ed it. And I, oh, as far as, I, I, I think as far as the achievements go, like if you look at the little achievement bar, I think I'm at like 13%. So I think there's more online stuff. I'm not going to 100 percent this game. It's it's a it's a humongous game. It's a, it's I marvel at the amount of detail that they've painstakingly paid. The credits were 45 minutes long or something like that. They were enormous. Um, it's a it's a fantastic game. Um, is it is it is it easier to is it easier to hundred percent Minecraft? <laughs> I don't know. I've never. Which had is it. a sandbox world, you know. Well, that means yeah, right, exactly. I, probably yes. Um, so good. I, I played my little game. It's very nice. I did that a couple years ago. I finished. I think it was Arkham Knight, Batman Arkham Knight, or maybe it was Arkham City. And I remember thinking, oh fucking a, okay, well I'm gonna go back and get the trophies, and then. I looked over, it's like, yeah, 100%ing the game, it's like 30%. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? It like took like two weeks to get this, and now you're telling me? And, of course, I did it, and I had no... Like, remember the good old days when I could play a game, you know, for hours on end? And Yeah, Trump's uh, first year. Oh, dude, it was... Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, I haven't had glasses in three weeks, so... But there's time now. I, I can't we dude, I've been waiting for that and it's funny. I was at the 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 optometrist and I, I was making that joke with the guy and I will say um I had to wait a couple weeks for the optometrist to open. You know, I can't order glasses because the last prescription I got was like three years ago. So no but I can't order glasses online without a prescription like sooner than two years. So I had to wait for my optometrist to open. They're only seeing one person at a time. You know, I get there and everyone had masks and gloves on. I uh, they put hand sanitizer on my hands. They put hand sanitizer on my forehead to take my temperature first. Um, and then like there was like almost no contact. Like they washed down everything in front of me, like before I put my head on this apparatus or that one. There was like social distancing ninety five percent of the time, except for that couple minutes where my eye is right up against the machine and the doctor's on the other side with his face right up against the the machine but both wearing masks and stuff like that so it was as safe as you can be uh, but at one point but i was saying that then it's like yeah i mean i'm home now and it's this and i said oh you know i feel like the guy from the um from the twilight zone and, and he goes there was time now yeah. and, then we, and i'm like oh i wish joe was here well the optometrist is probably you know, it's an optometrist joke. I mean, it's like it's a glasses joke. Of course, he's going to know the reference. Uh, not a lot of those, except you know the one when King Candy says to Wreck It Ralph, "You want to hit a man with glasses, would you?" And Wreck It Ralph takes his glasses off of his head and smashes him with them. He goes, "Oh, you hit a man with glasses. Well played." <laughs> you know, so, 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 the, so the two glasses jokes that I can think of off the top of my 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 head. But uh, I am I'm hoping to get glasses in the next week. I mean, I have prescription sunglasses that I can wear when I drive, and I'm not driving at night. I'm not the Terminator who's you know wearing. You're not uh, Corey Hart or whatever his name is. I think you're, you're well. Were you alive? I mean, when when did when did oh, sunglasses yeah. at night come out? Oh, it was the early eighties. Well, I remember the Will Ferrell skit where when did sunglasses at night come out by Corey Hart. Oh, See, right. you, you you could have been right either way, like December 31st, 19, you know. Oh, okay. It was, I was on the edge there, right? It depends right, right. what time zone you were in when 
the one that so, the store. So you were five. You rocking that out when you were five, Joe? No. <laughs> okay. Um, so so it's fine. I, you know, I can see the TV, but I, I can't read like the scroll and stuff like that. But you know, I've lived. That's the worst pandemic story that I have coming out of this worst upheaval in our lifetimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. So without your glasses, how are you seeing these awful things on TV? Oh, I can see the TV. Uh, we, yeah, we got a big TV, but I can't read the scroll at the bottom of it. Okay, thing. I gotcha. It, you know, it's I'm like, just teasing you. Are you watching TV other than the um, news? I uh, I hundred percent it Space Force, Joe. All right, hundred and by hundred percent it, yes, that does include watching watching the uh, was it 1978 pilot <laughs> yep. that, that we've talked about that I did watch with Fred Willard. Good. How, uh, the what, show was great. Yeah, what, what, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the theme the theme song for the pilot in 1978 is. It's it's great. It's 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 great. But yeah, I 100% at the Steve Carell uh, vehicle Space Force on Netflix. Uh, nine episodes. John Malkovich is awesome. Steve Carell is awesome. Fred Willett, you know, rest rest in peace. Is uh, you know he got he he checked out just in time. Um, uh, it, it, it's great. It's it's great. And you you watched three or four episodes of it? I think I've watched five. I, I don't know. I'm. I think the last episode I watched was the one where they were doing the Air Force versus the Space Force training exercise thing. I kind of, I don't know. It's very well done. It doesn't make me laugh, per se. So I'm kind of on the fence about whether or not I'm going to finish it. People are liking it. Some people are like it. For me, it's kind of meh, but that's just me. Maybe, yeah, give, I like it. Like, I'm going to give it 15 years, and then I'll go back, and I'll be like, this is the greatest show about Space Force ever. Well, it's only four. You only got four episodes to go. It's fun because it straddles the line of lambasing the whole concept of Space Force, but at the same time, kind of like, here's some good part about, like, you know, space. And it, it is. There's a couple characters that I really like. Um. Yeah. If five five episodes of the nine in, it's not like oh well. Once you get past this, it changes. Yeah. It's 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 more the same. But um, like I love so many people in it. I love Jane Lynch. You know, she has a very small role, but I love her in it. Um, the guy who is the social media director is like a tool bag, but it's a fun. It's a fun character. Uh, John Malkovich is great. I mean, there's a couple. Bigger John Malkovich story. There's one big John Malkovich, you know, thing coming up in one of the next episodes. Um, but I do. I love the Fred Willard story about you know almost everything you see Fred Willard do is just improv. Mm-hmm. Like like he just was like with that whole thing about being under the house. Yes. Like like that's the story where the cast and crew put their equipment down after the scene and gave him a standing ovation right. you know the way you explained it i was waiting for a five minute diatribe and i'm like oh like oh five minutes in total like a, a, a spread across the, three scenes the, this this the that's how i that's how when when Carell had said it and um 
uh, Greg Daniels has said it. Like he just went off for five minutes and they didn't cut any of that. So that's what I thought was a five minute scene. But yeah. now basically everything you saw through the arc of it was him just making that all up. Good. And then they had to rewrite scenes around <laughs> it, you know, you know, to play, to play, you know, off, off of, uh, off of what he went off with. But that whole thing is crawling under the, I was out of the house the other day. Like, <laughs> oh, he was, uh, and you could see he was, um, his performance was not shaky, but his hand definitely was. I like it. how you like to point out the shaky handed people. You know, no, not I'm, not I'm, in a, I'm not, okay. not in a Donald Trump way, but in a, like a nice, you know, you know, Michael. You have anything to say about Michael J. Fox while you're at it, or any other? <laughs> how about the uh, uh, the CP comic from Facts of Life? You want to? <laughs> Hello, man. Well, okay. Have I ever gone off of my rant from Corey from Wonder Years in uh, his singing career? Was it not, not Corey? Who you're thinking was thinking of? It Corky from Life Corky. Goes On. Six of one, two dozen of the other. You were drunk um, that year. Whatever. I, I really was. Um, I, I watched the first episode of Stargirl, the new show on the DC Universe app, which it, it's it's we watched it as a family. We watched the first. I got like 10 minutes into the first episode and the boys were like, oh, can we watch this with you? I'm like, actually, yes, this is a DCU show. You can. And it stars like Luke Wilson um, and his family friendly after this season i or i think it goes i think it airs on dcu like the new episodes come out on like friday and then they're going to start airing on the cw so it's going to be another cw dc show so it fits into that Hmm. you know appropriate for eight o'clock tv on the cw type thing um if, if if you're a real dc geek um there was a thing called the Justice Society back in the 40s. It predates the Justice League by like 25, 30 years. And there's some Easter eggs like all over like this. It's like, you know, just for me, just for fat middle, for me and the comic book guy from, you know, from The Simpsons uh, are enjoying all the little nuggets. Like, you know, the moving company, it's like action movers and the action is the, you know, the, the font and logo, logo for, yeah. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I've watched the, I, I've 100% in uh, Space Force. I watched the first episode of Stargirl, which is great. And it's good. It's really good. It's not great. It's good. Um, and as a family, we've uh, trudged along watching Terminator 3 last night. Rise of the Machines. That's and the one I, with a female Terminator. And I don't recall having seen it like uh, in its entirety before. Yeah. There, there's a shot in it where I think, I think is it James Cameron, the director, said, "Huh, I think it looks like we're going to come in seventy million under budget." I got an idea. We're going to have her chase him with this big industrial, like. Like eighteen plus wheeler that has like a ladder, like um, like like a wrecking ball thing. We're gonna have him chase him through a crane truck, but gigantic crane truck, like gigantic, gigantic crane truck. And we're gonna have the crane sideways, so as they drive down the streets of L.A., they will take out every building, every utility pole for let's see, seven blocks. Let me do the math. Oh, great. We spent that $70 million and about 50 other. <laughs> so, Well, to be uh, fair, they didn't necessarily need those uh, lampposts at the end of the movie. 
They did not. They did not. <laughs> you, 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 you know. <laughs> you know, I'm just, so spoilers. Uh, yeah, some buildings were destroyed, but, you know, guess what? Um, they didn't have much longer for this world anyway. So we watched a movie that basically said, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, it's all going to shit anyways. And uh, then I turned the news on, Joe. <laughs> and I thought, wait a minute. I went to the protest with my family on Sunday. I did my food deliveries for the food bank on Thursday. I've been a social justice warrior on Twitter all week. How come these problems are still here? <laughs> yep. Everything you do means nothing. So let's see. Let's, let's recap. Joe's week. I am. He didn't, he didn't do oh, anything. Okay. <laughs> my week. I got out there and fought the fight online and in person and did these deliveries, and our efforts resulted. We both met here. Same. We both met here to talk about <laughs> stupidness. And, and and we and and but yet you got to hundred percent again. So I you know what? I, I who's, finished who's the, the story. Real finished who's the real winner. I finished the, the story. Finished the story mode. I did hundred percent. All of me from nineteen eighty four. And you went on a bender. You went on a bender. I went on a 1984 bender, man. I'm taking advantage of HBO Max. They have a lot of really good movies that aren't available on Netflix or anything else. And yeah, I saw the Steve Allen, oh, Steve Allen, uh, Steve Martin, Lily Tomlin movie, All of Me from the 84 that I hadn't seen since probably 88. And it's great. It is it's great. It's a it the, is a fun movie. That scene where he has to walk down the street. Yes. He has to figure out how to walk. It's fantastic. Yeah. There's the physicality. And I was reading on IMDB that Steve Martin attributed this movie as being the first of his mature movie career. Like it going from all of me to Oh, what was the last movie? Parenthood? No, it was after that. Like Father of the Bride or something? No, it was after that, somewhere in the '90s. But yeah, it, it, this was the fourth Carl Reiner movie, the fourth and last Carl Reiner movie that he had done, that they had done together. And uh, this was the most, I guess, serious of the four movies. That the it's the one movie where the guy isn't a total buffoon or an idiot or an ass like he's just a regular guy who got in mixed up in a really kooky situation and has to get himself out of it and i kind of like have you ever seen liar liar with jim carrey love, love love i mean i i love jim carrey movies i love jim carrey movies yeah when i was watching all of me i kind of got like oh like there was some liar liar some i i could see that maybe the 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 parallels there where they you know he's a physical comedian who's at war with himself, you know, like half the time. And if you don't know the plot to all of me, it's 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 a fun movie. Check it out. It's Lily Tomlin's an older, lonely woman who is very, very wealthy, but grew up sick. And she plans to have her soul transmigrated into a younger British woman who who is the granddaughter of the or the daughter of one of her state or her like i guess her stableman and uh, i'm getting into the weeds with the movie but long story short there's a problem with the uh transmigration her soul is transported into a bowl which is accidentally knocked out a window and then lands on steve martin's character who is the lawyer trying to handle the affairs of this woman and 
accidentally puts the soul into him and they have to share a body. So it's a, it's a fan, it's a, it's you know a, a, a very fun movie. I liked it. And another fun movie that I watched doesn't hold up as well. Um but it does have a special place in my heart <clears throat> is The Woman in Red with Gene think, Wilder and Kelly yeah. Brock. I lo- I mean I did, did Gene Wilder do a bad movie? Yes. I think okay. uh, like see no evil, hear no evil, that kind of you know. I, I think there are a couple of couple of stickers towards the end with uh, Richard Pryor, but this one was I think the second of three movies that he had directed and written, and it was a movie that was adapted from a French movie, like a French farce comedy. Which when you look at it, it's like oh yeah, definitely a, this was a French storyline. It's about all these guys like the, this this bro. Uh, cadre that he hangs out with, like all of his bros, are all like really like lecherous, assholey kind of people, um, including Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin is one of his friends who turns out to be a gay guy, and um, you know even he you know fucks around on his. Everybody's everybody's a cheater. Every, like, Gene Wilder is thinking about cheating on his wife. Joe Bologna is his um, other friend who has cheated on his wife and has gotten back together and back and forth. Uh, there's another guy who's you know I guess he's kind of like the sideline guy. He's kind of like you know like the fat friend that you know doesn't get any action. He's asexual. And then there's uh, Charles Grodin who's like the gay guy who. We don't find out that he's gay until later on in the movie, but it doesn't really matter because uh, Charles Grodin, by the way, fine actor, a fine, uh, fine actor. Never turned that corner and went one step beyond where I think he could have been. I think he's, I, I, he's always been one of my favorite. I don't want to hijack, you, you, you know, your review, Please but do. him on Letterman has always been. My favorite, like we we talk about, like when Fred Willett would go on on the Letterman show and and shows like Carson and and then Jimmy Kimmel, the Charles Grodin, I mean, there's been great relationship, Burt Reynolds and J- Johnny Carson. I could go down the rabbit hole. Um, uh, 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 Don Rickles and, and, and Carson, but Charles Grodin and David Letterman had the most. What's the word I'm looking for? Like rapport. Like, like I'm trying chemistry. to chemistry. No, like, like, like they came, like when he came on the show, acrimonious, oh, acrimonious, acrimonious. And I remember there was a girl who lived with us in Fitchburg from Greece. Great girl. uh, Katerina Pismopoulos. And I'm watching Letterman and and they introduce Charles Grodin. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. They, 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 they're going to shit on each other. And she's like, she uh, didn't get sarcasm. And and she didn't get. She's like was aghast at like how mean they were being to each other. Mm. It was like if you didn't know how much they like and respect. It was each like other. it was kind of like the Super Dave Osborne kind of chemistry, but, but really less, notched up. Yeah, like like, like well, with a little less heart. You know, I mean, the Super Dave always kind of had a heart type. Right, thing. and he was always there to plug something. But yes. So, anyways, Charles Grodin is a fine actor. He's in this movie, but the star of the movie is Kelly LeBrock. PG movie, by uh, no, I'm sorry, PG thirteen movie. This is eighty four. This is the first time, the first year that the PG thirteen rating was put into place. So they were kind of getting their feet wet as to what was acceptable for PG-13, and apparently side boob with nipple made the cut for PG-13 and 84, because you see that. And by the way, 
I don't think I've seen this movie in its original form in ever because I've only watched it on TV. And when I watched it on TV, it was because of Gene Wilder. I grew up a Willy Wonka fan. So as a kid, you know, this movie came out in 84. It was on TV probably in 87. I was 10 and just realizing, oh, I'm a heterosexual guy because this this woman on here is making me feel things and Gene Wilder's funny in it. Oh man, this is the perfect movie. It's got Stevie Wonder too. It's got Stevie Wonder music all throughout the the show. You know, let me tape this off of Channel 56 with the naughty bits (laughs) cut out and watch it over and over like a happy little something or other. And I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I did. And um, and so, yeah, I haven't seen either of these movies probably since the late 80s. And they were they were both fine, fun movies, and they're both available on HBO Max. And now I think I've talked about those two movies about as long as you've talked about Black Lives Matter. So <laughs> I'm going to stop. So we're, we're, we're even... Do you, do you got a parenting tip this week, Joe? I, um... I do. And it is. <laughs> Boy, am I glad you asked. My parenting tip, I believe, is that you should parenting such as um, <laughs> unity because black lives matter. Hashtag Trump 2020. <laughs> uh, my parenting tip is, you know, uh, if you are going to raise uh, vegetarian, tree hugging, long-haired, like, you know, hippie boys, um, you make sure that they understand that there's time to be out there being activist and there's time to just shut the fuck up and listen. And we had a large, a long talk about, you know, that it's, it's, we're so glad that they want to do this, but, and the reason we're doing this is to support people but we're not there to talk and we're not there to really voice an opinion other than to just be there and be supportive. And so um, we don't want them to hate white people, but we also, you know, had a long talk with like, Hey, um, don't believe things that you see or that you hear on the news because this is what's really going on. So, you know, we we did. We had a long talk about not believing things at face value. Like if somebody tries to buy or sell your bridge in New York, that so you make sure that like the deed is really no. Uh, so my parenting tip is, you know, uh, if you're going to be political activists with your children, um, uh, do it. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm I, you know I'm at a loss, but but uh, we did. We had a long talk with them, and we talked to them about hey, when we're going there, you know. We're not going there to be seen. We're going there to listen, you know, because like the little guy was like, oh, there's TV cameras. Maybe we'll be on TV. It's like, yeah, I hope not. You know, because we're not the focus of this thing. Like the story isn't like, you know, entitled which kid drives in from the suburbs to, you know, help out like, you know, the poor little black kid. No, it's like we're here to, to be seen, to be peaceful and to say, hey, not everybody who looks like Papa is a piece of shit, although a lot of us are. <laughs> I'll add to that because you reminded me of something because I saw pictures of your your little guys painting the signs that they were going to bring to the protest saying Black Lives Matter. And it's good that you tell them and instruct them as to the appropriate message to put on a sign because what you don't want to do is go overboard and say, you know, 
uh, never ever trust Whitey. You don't want that <laughs> to be, even though that might be the right thing to, to right. think. Did, 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 did management post my first pass because that's what I had? <laughs> you also had Lord loves a working man and see a well, doctor and get rid of it. I didn't understand that last one. <laughs> Shit. Shinola. <laughs> First, you have to explain what Shinola is. Then you go <laughs> to the shit Shinola comparison taste test. But um, yeah, that's oh I, oh. Whoop. I wanted to say something, and I had it on here. Uh, that should have been my parenting tip. Ah, oh. that's okay. We can edit that last yucky one out and put no, this no. one in. Oh, you had so a twofer. The, so this week, Joe. No, this is, this is a story that I want. I wanted to say. So this this week, there's a new YouTuber. Mm. There's a new YouTuber, a new who, influencer out there taking oh, advantage of the Black Lives Matter movement. No, oh. but my my ten year old, um, they keep talking about wanting to be YouTubers. So I'm like, well, I bought you a GoPro. You have this, you know. I, I wrote them like templates, like write a script that follows this, not like a script or like you know a, a breakdown of like you know how one of these things happened. And I finally said to one of them, it's like who was like, I want money for Roblox. And I'm like, well. I want to be 25 playing for the Bruins. You don't always, things don't work out. And sometimes, and shut up, Shock. Um, but I'm like, fine. Whoever does one of these, whoever writes a song on the piano um, without help from their piano teacher, like they can get a little guidance, but I don't want it to be, you know, help me write this song. So the little guy comes upstairs from my office and says, uh, I just posted my first clip on YouTube. And I'm like, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? And he goes, I started a YouTube channel. I did a Roblox thing and I posted it. And I'm like, well, I don't know how you can do that, buddy. You, you know, it's like you have to, to get a YouTube account. You have to sign up and then they send you a verification email that then you just have to click on to make sure that, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah, I had him sent it to your email and he was using my work computer. So he verified himself. And he put up, he started a robot blocks channel. So it's him. And, and here's what I'm happy about. He narrated, he did his walkthrough, but he had to edit it down for 10 minutes. So we talked for a half hour. So he had to teach himself how to edit, which I was happy about. Um, and he's like, uh, do I get, you know, the money now? I'm like, no, I said you had to shoot something that had 10 edits. It had music and credits. And so he took the GoPro yesterday and he, did this cool like little thing it's only like 30 seconds long where he did like a 360 pan really quick and then went to his clubhouse you know and that's was him teleporting around the yard and around the house like he was kind of using that as a special effect to do it and then he showed me i'm like oh well there's no title card that says you know tristan's first video or a music bag and then when he showed me the final product he's like oh i use dan cray music Knowing that it's like, okay, he's trying to butter me up. He picks a Dan Cray song called The 28 Days. Um, it only takes 28 days to go from my from the rise from my um, fall from grace. You know, that you bastard look in her eyes tells me it's day 29. It's, I'll, I'll let you put together what the song's about. Uh-huh. And that's the song he picks for his music bed. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um, so he did it, but he did. And now every day he's posted a new 10-minute clip, you know. And uh, in the car doing our deliveries the other day, he was all excited. Oh, he has like 
21 views and like 14 likes. And then he got a couple dislikes and he was like crushed. I'm like, buddy, that's part of it. You put yourself out there and people are going to shit on things you put out. It's like you go through YouTube and there will be a footage of a puppy licking the face of a newborn baby. And you can get diabetes from how sweet that clip is. And it will have 6 million likes. And 10 people who will not only check dislike will say, I hope that puppy eats that child. You know, I there's anti puppy people out there and they're going to check that dislike box and people are going to leave nasty comments. And that is just the way it is. So um, so if you're going to put this stuff out there, this is the reality. So I'm proud. I'm proud as Peach that he taught himself how to edit. And that he misappropriate my email address to start his own account. Uh, I don't know what the name really means. It's a hybrid from two characters he likes from a game. And it's called Crosshouse, C-R-O-S-H-O-U-S-E. You know, not two crosses, like Jesus statues all over. Oh, that's the house, Crosshouse, with all the crosses. And it's not the crosses you put in front of some houses. No, no, they're not on fire. Um (laughs) But but he's and, and now here's the best thing, Joe. He's totally dialed in, totally dialed in. Can't wait to get down and do his clip every day. I'm like, dude, these people only post clips a couple times a week. Don't burn yourself out. But I have something else to take away from him. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I did have to change the password on my laptop. So now he has to, you know, um, uh, I have to log him on. And, and that's the rule. It's like, dude, I have to see whatever you're going to post before you post it. That's the deal. You can't post anything unless it meets the approval. But, uh, but I, I meant, you know, that, 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 that was one good thing around our house this week is the, he, the little engine that could, you know. I, I applaud the ingenuity and the creativeness. I'm a scared because it's social media and he's 10. Yes. And that's why, you know, I'm going. But I'm know, also a I, pussy. No, 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 you're right, we, which is why we haven't let them, you know, it was a few, you know, gosh, now it's three months ago, like the last time he could hang out with the kid across the street, like he comes home and he's like, oh, yeah, we posted, I know we posted this thing on TikTok, and I'm like, oh, and I called the parent, and I'm like, hey, we don't do any social media, the boys, you know, aren't on that, can you, you know, can you delete that? And she's like, oh, you know, I didn't think about that. You know, really sorry. I should have asked. I'm like, it's fine. And and I, and I, you know, I told her, it's like, look, it's not a judgment. It's like, you know, if, if you guys do that, we just want to monitor what he puts out there. And so that that's why I was a little like, what do you mean you posted it? But I'm like, okay, let me go through it. And I think I'm going to disable the comment section. That's you a know, good idea. I'll, I'll disable the comment section. Um but I, you know, but I will, I don't think you can disable the likes and the dislikes, but that's part of it. You know, if you, and I, and we had a talk, it's like, buddy, it, it's a lot harder to build something up than it is to tear it down. And people who don't have the ability to build something else, only thing they can do is tear other people's stuff down. So you're just going to have to accept the fact that if you put out a song, if you put out a piece of artwork, if you put out a movie through and, and then we talked about, look, you know. People used to hate the Star Wars prequels, and the only thing to get people to start hating the Star Wars prequels is now people hate the Star Wars sequels. So, you know, and it's like, and, and the most of the people who hate the Star Wars sequels are people's puppers' age. Who that's not that's not you know 
That's not 1980. You know, Empire Strikes. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, 1980. Empire Strikes Back. We had a whole know, podcast on how this was the anniversary of the 40th. Right, right, right. I, I'm, the, <laughs> I, I was promised there'd be no math. Um, but, but it's like, yeah, people love to shit on things, buddy. So, you know, have at it. Good for you. But these are the checks and balances we go putting out forward. But, uh, but it is. It's one of those things when, you know, when they do something like like the day he climbed out the second story roof and climbed over the third story roof and to get out of being on um on timeout and shimmy down like you know the the front awning and I scared me to death that it was the middle of winter and the roof is icy but on the other hand I'm like that's fucking awesome <laughs> yep and that's how he'll keep getting away with it you know. so it's great good I, I good for you I'm a very I'm a very timid scared person so i don't know how i would handle my 10 year old posting things on the youtube the first thing i would think of is he something bad's going to happen to him or he's going to be crushed or there's going to be something bad something bad but that's me because i'm i'm a, I'm a scaredy cat so for every me out there there's got to be hopefully two yous <laughs> did, did you just say utes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, two youths. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough of that. So thanks for listening, and um, stay safe out there. Be strong. Um, black lives do matter. I uh, I didn't mean to be a complete pissant, but honestly, I know I'm an idiot. I know I'm an inarticulate boob, and I'm sure that I've said a couple of things in this podcast where if I go back and listen to it from the three years we've been babbling on about current events and social happenings, I'm sure I've said a couple of things that may have been on the, you know, one toe on the wrong side of history. So I just don't want to say the wrong thing. And I, honestly, of course, my opinion is going to match Jacques. I mean, that's why we do this podcast. We don't have differing opinions on anything. That's that's why it was so boring and bland. That's why we, we have no variety on the show. It's, this is the Jacques show, and I'm just here to be his his, his little Ed McMahon to go, hey-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this particular thing under protest, so excuse me if I'm a little timid or shy or skittish because I'm, I, I shouldn't be doing this podcast. I'm really here just because Jacques's making me do it. I know that he'll beat me up eventually. I'm not joking. I'm not. This is not <laughs> you think this is all a big ha-ha. Joe's going to have his little fun one-minute jag at the end of the show to wrap things up and make things bright. No. No, I'm here to tell you. This is a cry for help. I'm being held here under duress each and every week to participate in a podcast in which I'm not completely comfortable in doing. But I'm here. I'm here. You know, I paid my monthly or my yearly fee so that we could... Publish this podcast. It's great. We have this nice equipment. We have this little get together. Now, I'm, but now I'm done, and Jacques just can't wait. Or I'm sorry, he's done. Jacques's done, so he can't wait for this podcast to be over. So I'm going to do him the favor by ending the podcast by saying, "Don't forget." It only takes twenty-eight days. My rising, my falling from grace. Not you bastard look in your eyes It tells me it's day 29 The depot's great, it took 28 days